listeners and viewers, welcome back to another week of Education, the Teachers Talk You Terror podcast, where Mike and Courtney are here again to talk about, well, you see Ella, and if you see Ella, you know we're talking Scream. So we are back for our third month of Scream franchise. This time we're covering Scream 3. Say hi, Ella. Hi. Yeah, yeah, whenever, it's a pretty much a guarantee i don't know what you're gonna do, what we're gonna do courtney in about three months when we're all out of screen movies <laughs> um whether we find a new franchise for her to be a part of i don't know but we are glad that you're back ella uh because it's always a delight to have you on the show i know at least i get one hour of non-attitude out of you a week or a month so <laughs> that's fair um yeah scream three uh we find ourselves basically rinsing and repeating the same formula that's worked for the previous two movies. Um, it is nice, though. I, Courtney, I don't know. Do you, I'm finding some appreciation in, like... I feel like the first three movies still have, like, an extended plot to them. Yes. Like, I, I still enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed the first two. Because... Yeah. It what it I mean while it is the third one and it's like all right we know what's gonna happen it still it had enough differences from the first two that right. it kept it interesting. Yeah, and and unlike a lot of horror franchises from the eighties, like there was no continuity to the story. It was here's Freddy again with a whole new crop of people to kill. And here's Jason and a whole new crop of people to kill. I feel like the screen and like Randy, we'll get to it. Like Randy kind of mentions in his post-mortem video that this isn't a, this isn't another sequel. It's like a trilogy. Um, and so, you know, there is a connected through line in the entire movie so far. And it's, it's Sydney's life and where it's been and think things that she's not even aware of going on in her you know in her especially her mother like her mother's past and so that's really what we spend a lot of the movie uncovering i i really also enjoy um like the stab franchise even though we're not like in scream 2 we saw parts of stab 1 in scream 3 they've completely skipped over stab 2 but they're but I like how stab three is like the return to Woodsboro, which for Sydney she never actually returns to Woodsboro, but by being on the set of this movie, it's her return to Woodsboro. It's yeah, you know, it's Stu's house and her house, and and so it's it's kind of cool how they how they I won't say manipulate, but how they did that and that you know, whereas. Like I said, Stab One was was the you know cinema retelling of Scream. We skipped Stab Two, but we're seeing Stab Three and Scream Three like parallel to each other. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool. So we start this movie off with a a two two time returning Cotton Weary. He was in um, news footage in Scream. And he was a character, actually the hero in Scream 2. And he's worked his way up through the pipeline. He's now a pretty successful talk show host. Um, it's our cold open. Uh, you know what a cold open is, Ella? No. Cold open is where you jump straight into the story before the credits. They show, like, there's a whole scene that 
happens before your opening credits, and that's what this one takes like place. In the first one? Yeah, like in the first one where Casey Becker was, you know, the whole popcorn and murdered in her front lawn. Like, that's a cold open. Um, yeah, Cotton gets a phone call. He's stuck in traffic. It's his girlfriend. Um, you know, so... We, and then the voice changes from his girlfriend to Ghostface. Yeah. And so that's like the big reveal in this one is the technology of the voice changer has a, has evolved to where somehow, and this this always bothered me, somehow Ghostface is able to replicate whatever voice he wants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even but, if he's never been with them. Like, exactly. That's the thing is I feel like... I, I don't I mean I guess in some ways I could I can suspend my belief if like like you said if you have some recording of their voice that it could mimic but this is just I'm going to press this button and it's going to sound like your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um so Cotton then, you know, mad dash to get home to save his girlfriend. Meanwhile, in the apartment um the girlfriend is chased by Ghostface, mm -hmm. who uses the voice changer to sound like Cotton. Basically pitting these two off of each other. Um, Cotton show the real Cotton shows up. His girlfriend, you know, why are you attacking me? They fight it out. Long story short, before the opening credits, Cotton and his girlfriend are both murdered by Ghostface. So there are there's no more Cotton weary. Thank you, Lee F. Shriver, for your contribution to the screen franchise but you're no you're no longer needed um and so that was kind of a big deal because that's a character that we've known for two movies yeah and has really redeemed himself and doesn't even make it to the title um and so he's dead he's dead and um then we get to our main like our main cast we meet uh dr mcdreamy um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Dempsey has a role in this one as a detective. Mark Kincaid. Um, he gets a hold of Gail, who, who's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Gail, her reception seems weird. She's giving like a speech to like a journalism class. She's now on television. Um, but it, I don't know. It's It was weird. Like you get the feel that she's not as prominent and popular as she used to be right i don't um, know it's it's, it's, it's a the weird... haircut it's the haircut no. for sure <laughs> I hate her hair. yeah, oh yeah. my goodness like i said to casey last night i'm like courtney cox let me tell you she she is still beautiful to this day but this haircut no yeah no it was the. It came out in two thousand. New century, new you. Um, yeah, but the uh, her bangs were rough in this. Yeah, yeah Ella, you you <laughs> said it very early on. I'm like, I don't like her hair, and I'm like, well. I feel like any anytime someone's killed in the first like two movies, she's just there. Oh yeah, yeah she she does. Gail just pops up. She's like a pimple. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Mark can Detective Kincaid. I like oddly contacts her to discuss yeah. the murders. Like she's not a police officer. She's just a journalist. Normally it's the other way around, but no, in this case, well, basically he called 
because Cotton was involved. Yep. And and he knows the tie-in with her. So she goes to Hollywood, comes onto the set of Stab Three, comes in in her typical Gail Weathers fashion of, I'm going to put a camera in my bag. I'm going to record everything I see. I mean, she's still a journey like that. Oh, what the, what's the word? I'm like just the investigative journalist uh-huh. at heart. And she finds Dewey working on the set. Now, this is kind of fun. Not necessarily the Dewey dynamic, but um, but like with this being Stab 3, we meet the cast of Stab 3, <laughs> which is basically doppelgangers of um, our cast. So we have a second Sydney, we have a second Dewey, we have a second Gale. And so when we have Dewey and Gail on set with their on-screen counterparts. It's 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 fun. Like yeah. I really liked that fun dynamic of this one. Of, and they have a Randy. And yeah, and they did they have a Randy? I think so. Oh, they oh well they they didn't necessarily have a Randy. They had a Randy type character. Um, it was the African American character who it was just kind of joking, like I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna I'm gonna live yeah. this life. Uh, news newsflash, he doesn't. Um, and so, you know, Ghostface had also killed another actress, which it was, um, she really didn't play much of a role. I, I don't even know what character she was going to be. Yeah. Hiding with all of the Ghostface. Yeah. Yeah. She went to the director, Roman. She went to his office to read lines. He wasn't there. She gets a, she gets a phone call. To his phone that is Roman. Um, you know, and so she gets attacked by Ghostface in the office and gets murdered. And that, like, that's enough. Like, they're like, stop production. There's too many murders tied to the Stab franchise already. We got to shut this down. And so, um, you know, so with the production shut down, we have our actors and are like real Dewey and, and Gale. Um, and so they all meet up at, let's see, I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah, they, they meet up. This at, is where like the security guard or yeah. whoever is it, killed. Yeah, like the plot of this movie really drags out early. Like, <laughs> There's very little things that happen, but I feel like it takes a long time for them to happen. Yes. Because, um, like, like Sarah, um, the character Sarah, the blonde that gets killed, played by Jenny McCarthy, Wahlberg, it's uh, former new kid on the block, Donnie Wahlberg's wife. And I want to say they live in Illinois. I actually want to say they may... I don't, some reason, something's telling me they live around Springfield. Oh. I'm probably That's wrong. Cool. Yeah, I'm probably wrong, but, um, and so everybody left in the cast, as well as Dewey and Gale, they all go to Gale 2's house. They're, they're basically just drinking and wallowing around because they're, I mean, as actors, they're, this was going to be their big break and yeah. then it stopped. Like it's so it, it's it's a like I think it's also a small commentary on 
like Hollywood actors and actresses because like one of your castmates was just murdered and you're worried about your paycheck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the heartlessness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Gail too, or her name is Jennifer, but whatever. Gail too has a bodyguard. He's kind of roaming the premises um, was it the guy that I thought was the killer? Yeah, you thought you thought at one point he was the killer. He, he said that somebody got killed and he didn't even sound like he cared that much. Right, he really didn't. He gets a phone call from Dewey. Was it Dewey? I think so. I think he got a phone call from Dewey. And so he goes into Dewey's trailer while it was Ghostface using the voice changer. And so he kills the bodyguard. Well, he stabs the bodyguard. He still gets up and walks back to the house. Which, of course, scares everybody into the house. So they're running in and out of the house. But something is... Well, Ghostface is sending them faxes. Because this is the year 2000. So we still use a fax machine. So I, I thought this was a little dumb. That Ghostface is sending faxes yeah. to Gail 2's house with script changes which of course is just the script changes from the movie or of course what's happening right now um Dewey 2 runs in to get the final facts which reveals that there's a gas leak and the house explodes yeah a very it, it's such a non ghost face kind of murder uh huh like he just blows the house up like Everything up to this point has been stabbings uh, through the whole franchise, not just this movie. Yeah. Then he blows the house up. Um, then we finally get to Sydney. Yes, and she is living in like military grade home right. in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. just her and her money. dog. Yeah. Um, just being a crisis counselor. Like mm -hmm. good for her. Um, she's got locks all over. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. We meet Sydney going for a walk with her dog. To which <laughs> Ella, you are you are funny. I told you this yesterday. When you put your attitude away and actually relax, like you are a funny kid. So we're watching this, and and Sydney's walking like down the path with her dog, and, and Ella just goes. So Sydney's boyfriend's a dog now. <laughs> Which is smart because she's like, well, she's like, it makes sense because her last two boyfriends tried to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she's just, like you said, she's a crisis counselor. She just works from home, makes really good money. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because this is quite the compound she lives in. Very much so. Um, we actually met Sydney earlier, but we just, I jostled the plot around a little bit because it really doesn't matter. Like yeah. we meet her earlier to establish that she's a crisis counselor, works and lives alone. Nobody knows where or who she is, you know, cause she uses a, a, a different name on the abused woman's hotline. Uh, but now, you know, she gets another call and this time it's the killer. Yeah. Starts it with the voice changer. Which, this is, again, real stretch here, um, uses the voice changer to make a call, but it sounds like her dead mom. Yeah, this... Like home phone, too? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then she was checking the basis of the call, and 
it was her home line that she answered. So I can understand that mix up. You answer the phone, it sounds like a crisis call. So you just switch into crisis mode, not realizing you're still on your home line. Yeah. But yeah, it's her, it's her deceased mom calling, which was a real stretch for this voice changer to record the voice of someone who's dead. But this was enough for Sydney. She realized she's been found out. So now she goes to Hollywood. I don't... Well, she sees Cotton had died. Well, it wasn't... She, like, taking a nap and then, like, she's dreaming and, like... Yeah, yeah, you'd speak yeah. up. Yeah. Go ahead. Was it, like, um... Ghostface was there or her mom and then it turned into Ghostface? Yeah. And, like, broke the window? Yeah, yeah, she, uh... She was, well, we didn't know it was a dream. She was sleeping on the couch and then woke up and looked out the window and there's all this fog and smoke, which is Hollywood's cue that we're going to see someone come back from the dead. Yep. Um, Curtis and I just talked on our podcast. Ironically, a He-Man movie from 1987 called Masters Masters of the Universe, also starring... Um, uh, Courtney Cox um, it's like her debut role but they pulled the same trick of there's a bunch of smoke and your dead mom yeah and it's like and and at no point Sydney did a little better job of it than Courtney Cox did in the Masters of the Universe movie but she sees her dead mom and then instantly is like there's my mom like I know she's been dead, but mm-hmm. forget all that. That's my that's my mom. She's back from the grave. So Sydney has something. She's a little more hesitant, but something pretty similar. She sees her dead mom. It was pretty creepy. It was. This was this part was kind of creepy. Like the way she's slowly walking up mm-hmm. and like just comes up to the you know like, oh, like yeah it was <laughs> yeah. Sydney of course, and then she like ducks below and Sydney which kind of I in retrospect she's dreaming but still Sydney you're smarter than this yeah you know she drops below the window line and then Sydney like leans forward to the glass to look below and then of course Ghostface pops up yeah and that's also the only window in her house that doesn't have bars on it because you can see behind her like all the others have bars except for this giant picture window she has exactly this humongous window um but yeah, so Ghostface pops up, which causes Sydney to wake up, and that's when Sydney's like, "I gotta get out of here." Ghostface knows where I'm at. Um, I gotta go to Hollywood. Like, not. I don't remember why she knew to go there. Yeah, I. I don't remember either. There was the video. When once she, she got that's there, when though. she got there. Yeah. This whole scene felt very like shoehorned in. She gets to the set. And then out of a trailer steps Randy's sister, Martha, who we've never met before. Yeah. She steps out and Sydney's like, Martha? Yeah. (laughs) Who's that? That's Randy's sister. To which she's like, I have a tape from Randy. And it's basically, so they all sit down and watch this tape. And it's Randy. He made it in college before he died. Basically telling them, hey, when you're in the third movie of a trilogy especially in horror, the rules don't apply. So basically, this this video is not for them. This video is for us. Yeah. To, to basically tell us, hey, everything that you've known to expect from the first two Scream movies, 
does not apply here. Yeah. Anybody can die in a trilogy, etc., etc. This was the plan to be the end, to be quite honest. Um, Scream 4 didn't come out for like another decade. Wow. So this this was the intended finale of the Scream universe. Um, but they, it just, it makes too much money and that's what, yep. you know, if you make money, then you make sequels and that's what mm-hmm. happens in Hollywood. But it did, it took a full, you know, I think it was 2010 um, before um, Scream 4 came out, I believe. Um, didn't I call this one like... The Secret Sibling. Yeah, that's what you did, but yeah. Yeah, Scream 4 was 2011. Wow. And then Scream 5 was another 11 years after that. So, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it took a while. You know, we got the first three Screams over the course of like four years. Mm-hmm. And then 11 years after that one is Scream 4. And then 11 years after that one is Scream 5. So now they're back because they've made they've made a screen movie two years in a row they did have the scream franchise on tv in between that but that doesn't count um so yeah we get this little this little videotape from randy basically telling us the rules don't apply anybody could die including sydney everybody you know um and so it just it was i don't know this scene there's no i just purpose i just didn't find a point for it yeah yeah, I mean, we're introduced to Randy's sister, who we've never met. Randy, we know, is dead. We've seen his corpse. Um, but it's like, oh, hey, here's Randy. One more. I don't know. It's just, I didn't care for this scene in particular, but whatever. Um, so, Sydney makes her way to set, realizes she's basically back in Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really good job of replicating. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, you got Stu's house, you got Sydney's house. Like, it'd be scary because all the killers were set up in the exact. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she kind of did have to relive it, you know, and and even it was kind of even though the movie is only like four years after the first one, you know, it was kind of nostalgic to see her back in her bedroom. Yes. Doing the same things that she did mm-hmm. in Scream One, you know, using the closet door to lock the main door. Yeah. Well. Surprise, surprise, Ghostface attacks her. Um, she doesn't die, uh, but the police are now on high alert. What was Ghostface doing just standing there waiting for somebody to come in? Pretty much, I think, yeah. Um, very convenient. Um, so, yeah, Ghostface shows up, attacks Sydney. Now she they're basically holding her at the police station. Yep. And this is when the movie, I feel starts dropping all of these um these major like it could be this person it could be that person yes. it could be this person it could be that i mean up until like, here i was like okay who's the killer going to be right. and then yeah and now it's like okay it's dr mcdreamy yeah. like she's going through no one knows where he's at yeah yeah it's it's him for sure well and we also you know we also get a lot of background on Sydney's mom. Yes. Which is in in a really fun scene, Gail being an investigative journalist teams up with Gail too, Jennifer, mm-hmm. who is playing Gail, who is an investigative journalist. And so they they really do compliment each other. Well, I love Parker Posey as an actress. Um but 
like Gail has an idea. Gail's got a plan, but she doesn't have access. Yeah. Jennifer has access, but no plan. You know, she's an actress. She's on the set. So they go basically to archives and, a, and a, I, I love this scene. They get down to archives and um, the lady who is behind the desk in the archives division is played by Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia in the Star mm -hmm. Wars movies. And so it's fun because Gail and Gail too both pause and look at her. Are, wait, aren't you? No. And then and she's basically Carrie Fisher, but she's not Carrie Fisher. She's yeah. like, no, that's not me. Um, you know, you know, you're you're thinking of you're thinking of the other one. I'm not I'm not gonna do that stuff with George Lucas to get a role. It was just yeah. it was kind of funny. And so they up to this point, every time Ghostface had killed somebody they had left an old picture of Sydney's mom behind. Yep. Like from her modeling days. And in one instance, there was a, there was a promotional photo of Jennifer in front of a series of buildings. And there was also a picture of Maureen Prescott in front of that same set of buildings. So they put two and two together that, Maureen Prescott has been on this has been in this movie studio. They go and research a little bit. They find out that she was never Maureen Prescott. She was uh, was it Rena? Rena Ray Reynolds. something Rena Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, I'm like it's a double R. Yeah, it was Rena Reynolds, and um, and she was only, she was like a bit part in three different horror movies. Um, and, but those three different horror movies were all made by the producer that is doing stab three adding another person to the list of it must be him yep plus the actor who played that producer lance hendrickson pretty much always plays bad guys in his movies and so that's something that i wouldn't necessarily expect you or ella to know but yeah you know it's like oh, there's lance hendrickson again he's always the bad guy because he's just kind of creepy looking Mm-hmm. wasn't and there a scene at like the set where Sydney was and she went into like a bedroom and then her mom was in there. Oh yeah, when she was walking around her house yeah. set and then goes into one room and it was the murder scene of when her mom died. And this is when Ghostface attacked her because she was roaming the set and when she turns around like the body bag or like the like the do not touch yeah. like body drape. And she, like, then stood up Yeah, and she stood it. up and that's what Ghostface was under. So Ghostface knew exactly where Sydney was gonna be at all times. So, so Ella, yeah. did you, just because I know your dad has seen this, did you at any point think that, like, maybe Sydney's mom was alive and, like, things were staged? Like, she kind of had, like, a different name or something? A little bit. Yeah. Like, the continuation of just, like, her popping up, I was like, maybe Sydney's not... I don't know. Some far-fetched world. I was like, maybe Sydney's not imagining this. Like, maybe her mom is, like, here or something i don't know it again it would have been pretty far-fetched but yeah the way she just kept coming back and like everything was like all these pictures of her finding out she had like a different name like a totally different lifestyle than what sydney ever knew yeah. like i was like like maybe maybe she didn't get killed in the first one maybe it was someone else and right I don't know. that makes sense unfortunately that 
that cool opportunity was passed up. I think it was more just to give this actress an opportunity yeah. to do something more than be in a picture every now and then. Yeah. So we find out Sydney's mom was active back in the Hollywood scene, trying to get a part. At one point, she um, she agreed to do things with producers to get film roles. We'll come back to that later. Um. So the director, Roman, is having a birthday party, but his birthday party is at the producer's house. Yes. This is when I thought it was the old guy. Yeah, this is when you thought it was the producer. Yeah. Um, because everybody was having a birthday party at his house, but he had yet to show up. Mm -hmm. So we've got Dewey and Gail, Gail 2, Sydney 2, and Tyson, the token black guy of the movie. Um, so they go to this birthday party. They're all just really down and depressed because, again, people keep dying. Their movie got shut down. Um, Roman go, you know, we're going to go down and I don't, I don't remember what they went to the basement for, but they pull a whole, we'll be right back. Um, Gail goes down afterwards and finds Roman's dead body in the basement. So we don't see him die. But he's laying in a casket with a knife in his chest. Blood yeah. on his face. So, um, there's kind of, I don't know. Obviously, we're going to spoil this movie. Listeners and viewers, if you haven't seen this 23-year-old film, we're going to spoil it. That was your, to me, that was my first indicator. And one thing the screen movies have taken pride in is showing everyone die. Mm -hmm. And we just see a dead Roman. We don't see a murdered Roman. Yeah. We don't see the murder of Roman. At first I thought he was dead, but then when you explain, like, all of the props and stuff, then it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You got a basement full of movie props. Yeah. Magically, we've got a dead director. Um, Ghostface attacks the group. He does kill Sydney too. Her name's Angelina. It doesn't matter. At one point, they even set Angelina up as a potential killer. Sydney's in the bathroom and yeah. hears footsteps. She turns around. Yeah, like the same boots that yeah. did. Yeah, she turns around and sees black military boots stepping onto the toilet, which is like, uh-oh. Like, she's, that's it. Ghost faces in the bathroom with her. We've seen this before. Well, she gets her bear spray out, basically. Which, mm -hmm. she, unfortunately, she never, she never even really gets to use it full no. force. Uh, she's armed with her mace and never really gets to use it. Um, so kicks open the door and there is Angelina who had yet to see that Sydney was in Hollywood. I'm like, Oh my God, it's the real Sydney. Yeah. Well, she's got a ghost face mask. She's got a cloak. Like she just said she wanted them for souvenirs. Right. Well, the yeah. movie shut down and I just wanted some souvenirs, you know? And then another scene after the house blew up, she like came rolling down the hill, like, from another oh yeah like way way out from and way later than everyone else mm -hmm. was like how did you get over there yeah so the movie again does its typical fare of planting seeds as to everybody could be a killer um i mean even in scream 2 we thought gail was a killer there for a yeah. second uh so they do a really good job of that so yeah ghostface attacks his birthday party kills angelina kills tyson and eventually kills Jennifer. So all of the extra stab three actors and actresses are now dead. Yep. We're left with Dewey and Gale. Sydney's still at the police station. 
Um, Sydney's kind of going through, which is kind of dumb. Sydney's going through the detective's desk, which should be, like, that should be a big no-no. Like, yeah. Um, she goes through the detective's desk. She then starts to suspect him. He's a homicide detective, Sydney. Like, he's surrounded by death. All of us really dumb. Like, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Uh huh. My life. Like, want, want, want. Didn't she get a phone call there too? She did. The kid. Yeah, his cell phone was there, and the killer calls his cell phone, um, and basically tells Sydney, "You got to come to this mansion." To, I mean, he's got Gail and Dewey tied up. Yeah. And so he's using them as as bait to get Sydney there. Mm-hmm. So Sydney shows up, Ghostface is talking to her, gets her inside. She starts she starts to free Gail and Dewey. Um Ghostface appears as usual. Um and he disappears. Yeah, well he makes Sydney because she takes a gun from the police de- the police department, which seems like another big no no. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, she's got that gun in her boot. Yeah. And Ghostface sniffs it out. Take that gun out. Throw throw it in the pool. Yeah, she had like a metal detector thing. Oh yeah, he left like a yeah. metal detector. Like this Ghostface is prepared. He's a smart. He is. He's a smart guy. Um, so she goes in. She frees, starts to free Gale and Dewey, and then what happens? Because I'm talking like all the time, so I'm gonna shut up. Kincaid shows up and um, this is this is another one like I don't know if Ella fell for this as well but I was like all right, Mm -hmm. he's it because he has not been in the same place as Ghostface like I mean he was he was also like just his little like the my favorite movie like you know scary movie is my life like whatever dude um he is knocked unconscious uh by ghostface he had had that look in his eye too like he come around the corner with a gun because we saw ghostface and sydney had a second gun in her yes and when she shot him i don't know i mean like because he had the the police like bulletproof vest on because he got up and escaped so it's like yeah, of course. Like, this is Kincaid. I mean, he comes around right. the corner, breathing heavy. He just got hit with some bullets, but his vest stopped it. Maps it out just fine. Well, and the timing of it, of Ghostface getting up and running off and Kincaid coming around the corner, like, they didn't run into each other? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that scene was kind of like in the second one where, like, what's his name? Mickey? Mickey. Like, they both had the same look in their eyes, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I thought true. it was him because he looked like him in the second movie. That's, that's true. I didn't think of that. That, yeah, like, Kincaid, ha- he just had that unhinged look. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Mickey had. Good call. Um, This just, I mean, this leads to a lot of just, like, chasing around. And Sydney then ends up in a secret screening room, which they had been talking about. 
for I mean the whole right. time like that's yeah. that's how they ended up in the basement is they were looking for this secret screen right room. and this secret screening room is supposedly where Maureen Prescott was taken advantage of by yes. several people yes and this is where ghost Ghostface um, finds Sydney yeah where well, yeah Sydney yeah there was like secret levers and yeah he reveals who he is Ella who is Ghostface. Roman. Roman. And he, I mean, you know, he, of course, survived the fake kill earlier being shot by wearing his bulletproof vest. And, um, yeah, he, he, like, came out as I'm your secret sibling. Yeah, like... Like, the Roman being the killer was already like, didn't we just see you dead? You know, that already was kind of... Because... Roman really wasn't in much of the movie. Right. He was always... I always felt like he's always leaving. Like, he just always seemed to be on his way somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So for him to be the killer, it's like, fine. But, and I'm, this is, you know, and I know you're getting there and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, take it. But as soon as we saw Roman was the killer, like, for me, it was like, why? And I'm yeah. glad they explained why. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so he found out that his mom was Maureen, and when she was an actress in Hollywood, um, so he had gone to, like, reunite, relight that Kindle of, hey, I'm your kid. Right. And she wanted absolutely nothing to do with him because, like we had said, she was taken advantage of, and he was, a, like, he is what came of that. Yeah. So he was just like so angry. I mean, like, to, which I get, like, to yeah. be rejected by your own mom when, like, you're not the reason that she was taking advantage of, like, that, that right. would make a person mad. Um, so, yeah, he started, like, stalking her. Yeah, basically, I'm going to ruin your life. Yeah. And he considered, like, he said, like, I, I am a director. Like, I directed all of this. Like, he would film her and Billy's mom and show it to Billy. It was uh, Billy's dad, but... Or, yeah, Billy's dad. Billy's mom <laughs> died in the last one. Yes. Billy's dad sneaking around. Um, right. And that, like, lit a fire under Billy. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, he set off this just, like, domino effect, kind of. I mean, he directed it all. Like yeah, he, said. he really was the catalyst for all of this to happen. Which... Yeah really stinks though because what did Sydney do? <laughs> like, I know. Like, like again, I, she had nothing to do with this just like you had right. nothing to do with, with Maureen being your mom. Right. This would have been a cool opportunity for you to try to bridge the gap and like I understand he's obviously a broken dude but try to rekindle with your sister. Yeah. Instead like like, I understand him being the catalyst, but it really does open up a lot of questions to the motives early on. Like, okay, you showed it to Billy Loomis. I understand that's why Billy went and killed, you know, Maureen. But, like, why continue after Sydney? Like, yeah. what did Sydney do? Nothing. She did nothing. Yeah. And um, he then opens up, and we discover that. The producer John, he's yeah. 
been hiding in this um, closet taped up the whole time. Right, yeah. And he thinks that that's his dad. Because <laughs> that's what Maureen's kids do with their parents, their yeah. dads, is they, at some point, you will come across your father tied up with tape over his mouth in the in the closet. Yeah. Sydney did it with her dad in part one, and Roman did with his dad in part three. Yep. And they, I mean, they just kind of, they argue, um, and Sydney. I mean, is just going at him, and he's mad, shoots her, mm-hmm. and the kills music her. swells like the, one of those. Yeah, yeah when, when Sydney gets plugged, it really was one of those like, oh, man, Sydney is going to die in this one. And I was so disappointed because I'm like, okay, the main character dies, but she dies by a gunshot? Like, what? Because... Like, we had talked about how some people, you know, weren't fans of Scream 3. And I was like, I've been a fan of this until now. Like, this is what we're going to change up? (laughs) No. Because what do we know? He turns around and she's gone. Yeah. She's crafty. Yeah. And apparently is wearing the slimmest bulletproof vest that the LAPD had to offer. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember how form-fitting Sydney's shirt was. It was pretty form-fitting. But to have, but but to have a bulletproof vest on underneath yeah. it and still keep your form, pretty impressive. Yeah, it, yeah very. Um, and uh, like they do this little like, oh, we must think alike, you know. Yeah. Um, and Dewey and Gail make their way back into the picture. And um, Roman comes back with the main killing object, a knife, um, which I don't know, which this might have been earlier when he threw it was earlier. Yes. Yes. When he threw it just made me think of that. And like he ninja starred almost this knife and hit Dewey yeah. in the forehead and with knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? What I I know, but Dewey Dewey does what Dewey does, and he misses um, yeah. because he's only shooting him in the bulletproof vest, and Sydney's right. like head head head. Which um, I've I've never been shot, um, but I've I've you know they they seem to show that when a person is shot, like the force still pull still shoves yeah. you backwards. And Roman, who is already weakened because of the fight with Sydney, is taking these slugs to the chest fairly close range and still walking forward into them, which is like, wow. Like, this is the strength of this man. Yes. He can defy physics. Like, that's, that's amazing. So finally, he gets shot in the head. And um, what we learned in the first screen movie, like, the killer always comes back mm-hmm. because he had kind of, like he had kind of jumped. He did something I don't remember, but Sydney just stabs him right through the vest. Yeah, and she's like, "Nope, you're done." Yeah, when which he is shot him, when he shot him in the head. Didn't I say like, "Jokes on you"? He had a bulletproof headband. <laughs> yeah, she goes. I wonder if he had a bulletproof headband. Yeah, and um, which is it's a good closure for Sydney. Like she killed. Yeah. This, this like person, the catalyst who, of the whole thing. Yes, like, it yes. should be over now. 
at least yep. for 11 years. Sydney's yeah. every single killer. Yeah, Sydney's good yeah. at killing. She I, it's is. in her blood. And um, so we flash forward to Sydney's house where Dewey and um, Gail are now living or hanging out, whatever. Oh, yeah, Dewey proposes to her. Yeah, he he proposes with a, a pretty ring cut out inside of her book. Yeah. So sweet. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> so it's cheesy. So, it's also so Dewey. Yeah, yeah. And um, it just shows, like, this ending part, which Dr. Dreamy is there as well. Um, whatever his name is. I don't, Kincaid. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Kincaid. Um, he is there. Um, they're all going to watch a movie. And it shows the growth that Sydney made, like, getting that closure because she doesn't lock the gate behind her. Right. She doesn't lock the door. Like, the door blows open and she doesn't even care. Like, she just leaves it. Yeah, all recipes from the first two movies that would have driven her insane. Like, close yep. the door! Yes. Still gonna, you know what though? She's still gonna let bugs in the house. She is, and I mean, it's warm outside, I'm sure, mm-hmm. so That's she's It's not gonna cool. go well on your AC bill. Yeah, she's cool in the outside. So, I don't really understand why Kincaid was there, like... Are, are he and Sydney a thing now? That's I kind of got the vibe that Sydney and Kincaid were dating. Okay, because it's only been a couple years since she graduated high school. Yeah, and he's a full like detective. she's doing quite. She's really doing quite well for herself. She is. Like I'll give it maybe. Well, no, I guess. I'm assuming she graduated college. Yeah. Like I really don't know the timeline of when the scream. Like, I know when the screen movies came out in our world, but yes. in their world, like, Sydney is in high school in the first one and college in the second one. Now she's a homeowner in the third one. Very like, nice homeowner. Yeah. Like, so you get the vibe that, like, several years have passed. This isn't like a recurring year after year after year thing. But at the same time, they're, I mean, yeah, they're on step three. So, you know. Stab one came out in part two. Stab two is already out, and now they're starting to make stabs. So yeah, I mean it is it is at least two, maybe three years later. Yeah. So okay, I'll give it that. Sydney's probably in her mid twenties at the latest. Yeah. But yeah, Kincaid. I don't know. I guess she and Kincaid. I I don't know. I just don't understand like. Other than the fact that it's Patrick Dempsey, so we yeah. have to give him he's alive, so we might as well invite him to the party. Yep. But yeah, um, she just leaves it, and um, doors are open, and they're gonna go watch a movie. She's got friends over, and and uh, that's that's Scream Three. It's Scream Three. Um, in real life, Scream One is when David Arquette and Courtney Cox met. And in Scream 2, they were dating. And in Scream 3, they were already married. Wow. In real life. Um, they are no longer married. But they were. They have a kid. They have a, a daughter together. Coco is her name. Coco Arquette. So, yeah, she's not with him any longer. But it was still fun. Mm-hmm. So that's Scream 3. Um, what'd you think? Let's grade it. I I enjoyed. I am a big fan of these Scream Yay, franchise. So <laughs> um, this one's getting an A for me. I really liked it. 
I think that I mean it it had some humor in it like mm-hmm. I mean meaning their their doppelganger type you know yeah. I enjoyed this movie I yeah I enjoy the amount of effort that they put in to actually make this feel like we still have something to say yes that we're not just throwing another sequel out here because the first two made a ton of money like they really were in developed in sydney's background and her mother's background and like you said the fun parts of um you know meeting their characters and you know having carrie fisher's funny little thing and it's like they they you could tell that they were comfortable in this universe now yeah. and were actually still trying to make something with a story behind it instead of just a bunch of murders. Yes. So a, an A for you. I'm gonna go a B. Um, I there were just enough little wrinkles that I that, I don't know. For me, it was like mm, like the whole Randy's video uh, Randy's yeah. you know tape scene felt odd and. Can Cade being there at the end was kind of weird. Not not as weird though as having unlimited voices in this yeah. voice changer. Like there was just enough of those that again I'd seen this several times before, but you start scratching your head like that. How does that even fit? Like, how did you get that person's voice so that you can mimic it? Um you know, but and blowing up the house is one of the murders, like what if everyone was in the house when that mm-hmm. exploded? You know, like yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a controlled ghost face kind of murder. Um, it seems very lucky. So uh, I'm gonna go with a B. What do you got, kiddo? I was thinking like a B plus. All right, how come? Um, because some parts like with like Sydney one and Sydney two and like other characters like the duplicates, so it's just a little confusing sometimes. And some of the things that you said. Like, we're kind of confusing at some time. Right, but they did do a good job of tricking you into believing everybody could have been the killer, mm-hmm. which is good because yeah. a movie like this, I think, would be really, I don't call it disappointing, but, but a real letdown if you sniffed out the killer immediately. Yeah. And so that that's part of the fun for the ride is, yeah, ooh. That's why the first one was, like, I kind of knew it because... She spoiled it, so yeah. they're better when they're not spoiled. Yeah, your friend, yeah, your friends did spoil. But yeah, it is it is fun watching them with you. Just watching you think, oh, I think it's the bodyguard, and then a scene later he gets killed. Okay, it's not the bodyguard. I think it's the Sydney the Sydney actress. And then like two scenes later she's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun listening. I kept getting mad because I know the you were I thought kept dying. I, yeah, you thought, I've got it figured out. I've got it, and then dead. And oh, it's gonna be this person it was dead. Like that in the second one too. Yep, it was. It is fun watching them with you because uh, <clears throat> you think you got it figured out and you don't. So. <laughs> Didn't you say you don't remember? Welcome to life. Yeah, I did tell Ella when it comes to Scream Four and Five. I've seen each of them once, and I do not remember how they go. And I haven't seen Scream Scream Six at all. So, moving forward, um, they're gonna be fun. Like, yeah. just because these first three have become so, over, I won't call them overwatched, but I've seen them enough to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but those would be fun. Those would be fun. All right. Um, is there really anything educational, like, to provide no. here? It's tough when none of, when no one's school-aged. Yeah, and it's and the no same one... as, like, 
like what you have said, I feel like the last couple of times, like have some common sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it to me. Which is, which is kind of, that might be our go-to. That, that, <laughs> that, like, like when you just write good job on a kid's paper. Yeah. <laughs> That's our go-to feedback when we don't really have much, just, especially in the horror genre. Just use some common sense. Yeah. Sydney, that's not really that's... your dead mom, so don't lean so far into the window exactly. that's unguarded and check it out. Um, but yeah, it is tough to take that like teacher perspective when there aren't kids. Yeah, and there aren't even like like parents of kids. It's just yep. so. Um, how would I handle being a teacher in this environment? I don't know. Like, n- this wouldn't impact what's going on at school at all. Yeah, exactly. Like. It'd be like being a teacher in Chicago and there was another murder. It's like, well, that sucks that there was a murder, um, but it doesn't it doesn't pertain to my classroom at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that I'm cold hearted, but nothing really educational to take. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have anything in mind for for next week? Um, the only thing that I kind of had thought about was uh-huh. either that barbarian movie that I had sent oh, you. Oh, right, right, right. Or they, in this movie, they brought up um, Vertigo. (laughs) So that one kind of popped in my head as well, because you've mentioned it just like in passing terms. So Right, it's another Hitchcock. I will tell you, that that one's not a horror film. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an excellent film. Um, But that's more of a, just like of a drama thriller. A San Francisco detective suffering from acrophobia investigates the strange activities of an old wife's, an old friend's wife, all while becoming dangerously obsessed with her. Um, Okay. It it is, it is an amazing film, but it's, it's not horror, not even close to horror. Okay. Um, But Barbarian we can do. That one I had, I mean, I would like to watch it. Yeah. Uh, Let's do Barbarian. Okay. It's really good. Like I have seen it, uh, my wife and I watched it. Um, it, but it's fun, and, and I only saw it the one time, and I've seen so many movies since that it's one of those that like I vaguely remember. Like I remember more what happens at the beginning than I do what happens as it goes yeah. along. I remember being pretty gross and gory, which was right up your alley. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's do that. And then I think I have, I have several ideas for next week or next okay. episode. I just need to filter it down, like. We keep shuffling, which is great, or we'll cover something like Scream, which again is great. But then there's part of me that's like, there are so many like of my favorites that I just want to share, you yeah. know. And so we may get into one of those uh, after Barbarian. I just got to figure out which one because <laughs> each time I'm what I'm like, oh, gotta watch that one. Oh wait, no, I gotta watch that one. Um, but yeah, so I've got one in mind for post barbarian. Now it's okay. that's what we're gonna watch post barbarian. I just gotta commit. So, <laughs> but yeah, for next episode we will be talking about 2022's Barbarian, um, starring Bill Sarsgaard. Uh, he played Pennywise um, yeah. in the It movies. So we've got Georgina Campbell and Bill Sarsgaard and Justin Long. And the premise of this movie, uh, just in a nutshell, is. A woman shows up to the Airbnb that she's rented to find out someone is already staying there. Oh, you told us about And the house that is being rented is not all that it seems to be. So that's what we're going to watch for next week. We're going to check out 
barbarian from last year. So, uh, social media-wise, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are not cool enough to be one of the cool kid apps yet, but we'll get there at some point. That is where I found this movie, though, was on, was on TikTok. There you go. So, thank you, TikTokian, for your <laughs> barbarian reference for Courtney. Um, but no, you can find us on social media. Feel free to like and subscribe as well if you're listening to this on uh, a podcast or watching it on YouTube. We appreciate the feedback. If you go, if you want to give us any, we're still kind of waiting for that first bit of feedback. Um, but no, Barbarian for next week for sure. Uh, you got anything to send us out with? Nope. Enjoy and... Don't get too hot out there because it's supposed to be pretty hot here coming up. Yes, it's miserably hot. Ella, anything you'd like to share? No. No? I don't think so. No. So, well, I really do like having you on. I know that you don't necessarily say as much as you want to say, but it's one of the few things we actually do together. Who wants a scary movie? So, <laughs> all right. Ford Education, I'm Mike. And I'm Courtney. Say your name. <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh. This and is that's what I, Ella. Yeah, this is what I live with, Courtney. It's a simple instruction. Say your name. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna question your motive. Like just just say it. So alright, we'll be back next week with Barbarian. <laughs>